What's up, everybody? This is episode 230 of the Q&A podcast. My name is Anthony, and sitting right across from me via Zoom, as always, is my pal, DeQuincy. Yo, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good, man. Love to hear it. Um, we'll be back. Uh, thank you all for listening, downloading all this stuff. Um, I know I said that we last podcast, we would only take a week, but sometimes... <laughs> like. <laughs> There's no really no reason why we don't do the podcast every week. It's just I forget to text Anthony, hey, do you want to do the podcast? And then I don't text him that on Friday. And then it's Saturday. And it's like, well, it's too late to text him now. He's probably got stuff to do on Sunday. And then we miss a week. It happens. It happens. It happens. We will continue to try and be more, you know, vigilant. We will try. I, I give no promises. <laughs> yeah. Huh. How's your week been, my man? Uh, it's been good. Uh, let's see. Kind of just busy mm-hmm. with work and uh, just, you know, other life things. But, uh, yeah, can't complain. I'm I'm finally getting back into the gym, like, consistently this week. I've been dealing with an elbow issue. Like, my elbow's been strained for, like, over a month, and it's just been painful. Oh, is it, like, the, the inside of your elbow, like, right here? Uh, under a little bit under further underneath, like right here, oh. closer to the actual to the actual like, elbow. Point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just strained it. I guess just over over training. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fine. Just but you know, thankful that I can you know get through some workouts. Um, uh, less pain for, or more pain free than than I had in the past couple of weeks. So. I know I've been dealing with that issue. Like my inner elbow has been burning. So like if I go to the gym, the only thing I'm really doing is cardio. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's one of those things where like, if I had a job where I wasn't doing so much manual labor, it wouldn't, it would probably be done and, you know, recovered yeah. in a week or two. But since yeah. I do what I do, it's going to take like six weeks because I'm constantly using it. It's mm-hmm. so I probably um, had to buy an elbow brace just because. Mm-hmm. Just needed some some support. I, I try not to do any of that kind of stuff. I just kind of let it heal on its own. But the elbow, elbow brace has definitely uh, helped. Yeah, I, yeah, I got a brace for my knee too. So, saw so you out there. Listen, welcome to the old man podcasting hour, <laughs> right, right. where we slowly tell you how we're breaking down. Oh. Uh, Chas McCormick just hit a bases clearing triple, so the Astros are up four to one. Oh yeah, over the Rangers, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Been a very entertaining game. Yeah, uh, and um, you know, hopefully, you hang on to that that lead and um, get the series victory. It would have been nice to get the sweep, but uh, uh, they still got one more tomorrow. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's a four game series. Okay, well, at least guarantee a tie. Yeah. <laughs> so far but um man that's huge i didn't realize it was a four-game series mm-hmm. 
So you can still make up some good ground if you uh, win today and tomorrow. Yeah. Mm. Uh, just hope they come through. I'll keep an eye on the game, keep you updated as we go on. Cool. So before we get into our main topics today, do you mind I do a little crapping, a little bitching today? Of course, go for it, man. And I'm I'm be bitching about a subject that you know nothing about. <laughs> okay. Video game sequels. Why the <laughs> hell do in the sequel I lose every power up that I got in the first game? I've been playing um the Tomb Raider collections, the um uh, the remakes that the reboots that they came out a couple years ago, and I'm on the second one. And all the stuff I have for my first one, my flame arrows, my guns, everything, all gone. And I'm like, I didn't keep, I can't keep nothing. Everything's gone. Man, that sucks. That that really sucks because um, I imagine you, you bought like a download of the game. Well, it's three games. And I finished the first one. I went through and finished the first one. And um, I got all the skills and everything. So I go into the second game. All my skills are gone. I start the game with, like, all I have is the bow and arrow again. And I'm like, I can't start with no guns, no nothing. Where are all my abilities? It's like it's a staple in sequels. Where it's like, oh, when you're going to restart this game, you're going to basically restart the game. We're going to give you a bigger map. And I'm like, can I please just have the weapons I had, please? You games, like this is, you're not Metroid, you're not Castlevania. Those two games are the only two games that get away with that because they're great games. The rest of you, stop it. See, that's where technology has failed us. That's where we were, the big con of technology comes around because it's like, because uh, you, like I said, you, you, you have to buy these through like the, you know, your, what is it, PS5 you're playing? We ain't got no PS5 money over here. We broke. I don't know what's out these days. Uh, the, the PS5 is out, but I'm still on the PS4. I'm still a broke boy. But you, nevertheless, you still buy the games through the actual like website or kind of their. Uh... Uh, these three I bought. Uh, well, I didn't. I have a um, basically uh, what's it called? It's like the Game Pass, like the Xbox. Well, you wouldn't know what that is. Let me try. It's think of Netflix where you, have, you pay a subscription, right? And then you can download whatever games they have available. So I download the three Tomb Raider games, the good Tomb Raider games, because let's be honest, and I'm, I'm gonna break some heart. All those old Tomb Raider games, any old game that had tank controls, ass, and that includes Resident Evil. Tank controls equals ass game. I die because I because I got to turn three three hundred. I got to turn one hundred eighty degrees and then run instead of just flicking the arrow the control stick where I wanted to go. Ass. Right. So I'm used to. I stopped playing video games when you still had to. We had to buy the discs and put them in. Right. <laughs> so. Grandpa so in that regard. Right. So in that regard. That's where I would understand if you, you know, you have to start all over in the sequel mm-hmm. like, because there's no way you could transfer that over to another disc. Right. Correct. But if you're downloading it, if you're buying it through there, through the actual game console that's connected to the Internet, like that's ridiculous because it should all just carry over. All that data should carry over. And it just 
it doesn't make i mean it it doesn't sound like it makes the game any more fun doing that it's just it it's annoying to me it's uh i gotta it sounds like it yeah i gotta relearn all the stuff i should already know right because in the game like development time it took it takes like four or five years between the game but in the game storyline it's only been like six months i should still remember <laughs> the shit i i forgot what i learned six months ago right. i forgot where i put my ak six months ago so now i don't have it anymore mm-hmm. yeah that sucks that's not, that's why i stopped playing video games it got too just too frustrating it sounds like uh, the other problem is i'm an I'm a 37 year old man who doesn't have time anymore. So like I can only play the game a certain amount of times and the game maps keep getting bigger and bigger and they keep giving you more shit to do. It's like, well, I'm never going to finish this game. I'll be playing this too. I'm 72. Mm-hmm. Every video game needs an old person mode. That just goes to the story, get over it quick as possible. I don't need all these side quests. I don't need these fetch quests. I'll never finish. What was the last video game console that you bought? That I bought. <laughs> or you had in the home. Uh that I I think I bought, I think it was PS3. Oh, well, no wonder you stopped playing. Yeah. And it was mostly just to use as like a Blu-ray player. It was like right around the time that I was, I bought it, and shortly after I realized oh, I don't, I don't have time and don't want to play video games anymore. And so it was just my Blu-ray player after that. Yeah, well, you picked the wrong console because the PS3 was out of all the PlayStation is it was by far the worst mm-hmm. because it was so it, it was so hard to program games for it. even Sony themselves the maker of said PS3 right. had difficulty making games <laughs> yeah but yeah, I just, uh, we got all kinds of game system we got the in this house right now there's a PS4 Xbox Series S, like three switches, one for everyone. Damn. And an Oculus. So, Whew. yeah, we got games all day. In fact, as soon as I, as soon as I finish this podcast, I'm hopping on the PlayStation. And I'm playing on some MLB the show. <laughs> it's just a, uh, it's there. Nice. Anyway, so let's get to what we want to talk about. The Rockets have been active in the NBA free agency. They made some deals. Some of them we like, some of them we don't. So let's just start. Where do you want to start, man? Let's, uh, let, you know what? Let's start with the draft real quick. Oh, we, oh, that's right. We did not speak about the draft. Okay. Um, by all accounts, I should be excited based on the draft outcome. Hmm. I should be, uh, you know, A's A's across the board for everybody in the Rocket staff that contributed to, you know, this draft class this year. Uh, Amen Thompson was a you know consensus top five draft pick. He goes number four, um, and then Cam Whitmire was a consensus top five pick as well, and he fall fell all the way down to twenty. Yeah, and you know, injury concerns. Uh, um, Coachability concerns, concerns whatever, 
the athleticism is there. The uh, the pedigree is there because he was, uh, was it a Big 12 rookie of the year or freshman of the year, I believe, or ACC, something like that, wherever Villanova plays. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he falls all the way to 20 and he's still considered the best available player, you got to take him. And they took him. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like once you get down that low, your chances of getting a superstar are really rare. You might as well right. take the shot on the on the upside of Whitmore. Yeah, you're 100 percent correct. Yeah. So in that regard, yeah, I'm excited. I, I you know, I never saw either player play. I don't really know too <laughs> much about them. You mean you weren't watching college hoops or um, overtime elite? <laughs> I, I can't say, but I was, um, because they are. I I'm approaching the age where I am twice as old as these uh, draft picks. <laughs> so, so no, I can't say that I was watching them uh, <laughs> play basketball. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in that regard, I am excited. Like to get two you know top five rated uh draft picks in the same draft is i think is incredible and um you know just uh it gives more hope to to the team you know going forward and whitmire i think is what he's he's a six seven point guard uh let's see they got him as small forward over here or small okay small forward but yeah he's a tall dude yeah, this it's just adding more athletes to an already athletic Rockets team. You're adding mm-hmm. uh Whitmore and Thompson to a roster that includes Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., Jabari Smith Jr., and uh what's his name? Uh um Alfred Sangoon. The one thing that worries me about this Rockets team is it feels too much like an AAU team. Like right. You need you need someone to be able to set up the plays and get everyone in the right position. And I, I believe they did that with the signing they had of uh, Fred Van Fleet, giving him three years, 128 million, maxing him out. Mm-hmm. And even though I still think their head coach is a nasty man, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you can't argue with the results that he brought in Boston as one year as a head coach. Right. Let's talk about uh that that Van Fleet contract. Let's say three years, 128 million. Matt got a max deal from the Rockets. Um, I like the deal. Um, possibly when the rumors came out that it was going to be a two year deal, I liked it. Three year, and all three years are um, you know, straight. There's no option or anything. I'm fine with it. I'm not as happy as I would be. It was a two year, but three year. I'm I'm fine with it. I think he's gonna most important with this Rockets team. You need adults in the room. You can't right. keep having like twenty to twenty two year olds out here playing the game and think they're just gonna get better all the time. This isn't two K. You gotta have someone who in the room who's been there, who knows the ins and out of the game, and who is bringing championship experience to the team. Absolutely, I love the friend Fred Van Fleet. Uh, signing mm-hmm. um, because he is a true point guard. He's someone that can, you know, uh, he, he's going to, he's going to run, run the ship. I mean, he's going to, he's going to steer the ship on the court um, to have a guy like that. Who's in his prime 29 years old. He's still, you know, hit, just hitting his, his athletic prime 
Um, the pedigree is there with you know win- winning a title with Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, his you know his work ethic and his attitude, you know it all all the you know the boxes that you want checked seem to check. Um, and to have a guy that yeah who's gonna you know he's gonna touch the ball first, so he's gonna set the tone for the you know for the offense and um that's what you want that's what you need you need someone to to run the show who knows what the hell they're doing mm-hmm. and the past and couple years time, you know he by all accounts doesn't come across as a guy who isn't willing to be a leader on the team as well at the same time yeah. so you know you want a character guy you want a guy that can show these young guys the way like Look, this is how it's done. This is what we got to do. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the signing. I really am. You know, at this point, you know, the way the economics of basketball, the fact that you have to spend certain amounts of money, that, that you know, contracts are just – the contracts are inf- already inflated, and there's nothing that's really going to change that anytime soon. Um, uh yeah, so because the, this isn't like, it is. yeah, the NBA, it's not like Major League Baseball. Like, there's a ceiling, there's a cap floor that you have to hit. Mm-hmm. So they have to give the money to someone. And let's be honest, this, <laughs> this isn't a great free agent year. So, right, right. you know, you might as well get the best players you get. And I, like, I agree with you. And uh, the most important part, like, the last couple of years watching the Rockets play is basically been like, whoever gets the ball over half court, you get to control the offense. So mm-hmm. do whatever you do, whatever you want. You can, you can spend 18 seconds off the shot clock trying to do your <laughs> transfer dribbles and put up a horribly contested shot. But no, now you got a point guard who's been there before, who knows, like I said, knows what it takes to win who could set up these young players. And also, and honestly, he's a guy who he doesn't, he can shoot, but he doesn't need to, not with all the other hyperactive shooters that we have on the roster right now. Right, right. So, so uh, what would you, what grade would you give this signing? Man, I got it. I'll give it a solid B. Yeah, I think I'm there with you. The more I talk with, the more I talk to you about, it, the better I feel about that third year. So yeah, solid B. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, the money. There's just nothing you can say about the money anymore. Like it is what it is. So the, you know, it's you're gonna pay. Like you know, look. Let's be honest. Ten years ago, a guy like uh, uh, Fred Van Vliet isn't getting paid forty million dollars. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's just the way that that's just the way that the system is set up these days, and that's fine. So, you know, the Rockets are working within you know, the confines of, of the NBA economics and, and they had to do what they had to do. So um, that's fine. You know, everybody's getting paid a little extra and you know what? Good for them. And honestly, we should celebrate it more. This guy was undrafted. Yeah. So to go from an undrafted player to someone who earns a max contract in your career, like congratulations to him. And it shows it can be done. Yeah. He picked himself up by his bootstraps and went out there. Oh, <laughs> like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Real Republican round ball up in here. Oh, boy. 
<laughs> it's uh, you're gonna have a a print uh, R parentheses uh, right next to your name <laughs> going forward. Oh Lord, never that. Let's go to the other signing that I know you're not as high on because, because <laughs> <laughs> it's. As soon as you heard that the Rockets were interested in signing Dylan Brooks, you text me, isn't that the guy who was getting into LeBron James last year? And I was like, yep. And the, <laughs> the Rockets oh, signed Dylan Brooks to a four-year, $80 million contract. Man. I mean, I, I have calmed down since, since our discussion mm-hmm. um, because I've looked at it this way. I think I would rather have Dylan Brooks at this point in his career seeking a fresh start, hoping hoping that he's learned from uh, the mistake of calling out the best basketball player in the world uh, and possibly the second greatest of all time. Second greatest of all time. I'm still going to take MJ for another debate another day. Yeah. But um, so you hope that he's learned from that. You hope that, uh, he brings, you know, the intensity or the mindset of wanting to go up against the best and challenging the best without necessarily, you know, uh, um, acting you know, a fool. <laughs> Is that what right, you're right, right. Uh, so I would, I would much rather have that guy um, for twenty million dollars than I would James Harden at thirty-five, forty-five, fifty million dollars which probably, you know, you'd have to probably cough up that amount of money to get him because there were reports that he was a target for the team as well. Um, so, and and as long as you're not signing him to be the leader of the team, which I think is why you sign Fred Van Vliet, he's, he's, he's your guy. Like, he's your leader. Um, Dylan Brooks can be kind of the uh, the hard nosed player that you need, and that's fine. So, you know, it's not my favorite signing in the world. <laughs> I just hope he doesn't go off talking all that stuff again without backing it up. Yeah, because um, I do that enough in my own life, <laughs> talking talking smack and not backing it up. Um, so at the end of the day, that's. But honestly, like it's one of the. It's one of my biggest pet peeves is just watching a loudmouth not back up all that talk. So, and also it wasn't just that. It was like he he was talking shit, didn't back it up, and then when the media came and asked him about it later, he was like, "Oh my god, you guys are just picking on me." But it's like, no, you threw, <laughs> right, right. you threw the rock. LeBron and the Lakers threw back a boulder, and then when the media went to ask you about it, you're like, "Oh, I don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> Yeah. Right, right. One thing about the Dylan Brooks contract, like I said, it's four year contract, but instead of increasing every year, it decreases. Okay. So I think he's going to make like $22 million the first year, and then it just goes down every year until the end. Um, my question Would you rather pay Dylan Brooks $80 million, uh for four years or, um, um, Draymond Green, a hundred million over the same four. Um, to play for the Rockets or just in general? Just in general. Oh man, I would much rather pay Draymond. Really, this, even at his age. 
Even Dylan, they, Dylan Brooks is 27, I believe. Mm-hmm. Draymond, like, that's a guy that you want on your team. Because if he's not on your team, you hate that he's on the opposing team. He's that annoying pain in the ass that um, will step on uh, Sabonis's chest, you know, when the when they get tied up during the game during a playoff game. Uh, he he will, you know, knock you around during a series, during a game, during a play, um, and you so, hate to see that kind of guy. Let me just say, um, so Dylan Brooks twenty seven. Draymond Green is 33. 33, right. And and he's a guy that has – he's got championship experience. Like, he's got a lot more championship experience than than Dylan Brooks does. And, and, you know, he's backed up his, his trash talk for the most part, more so than Brooks. So I'm gonna ask again. So you'd rather pay 33 year old Draymond Green a hundred million dollars over the next four years instead of paying Dylan Brooks 80 million over the next four years? Um. Yeah, I mean, if money isn't an issue, then yeah, you. It's not just money; it's also age, man. That means you're gonna be paying uh, Draymond Green. Until he's 37 years old. Mm-hmm. And you're paying him. It's not like Dylan Brooks, like if he has a great season or two, you can find someone to take that contract. No <laughs> one is going to take this Draymond uh, Green contract off your hands. Sure, sure. But, you know, um, I think it, it, in the case of Sacramento, of uh, Golden State, Let's say that contract is a terrible. It winds up being terrible because nobody wants that contract at the at the end of it at the end of his his run. Um, they all go out together, and they all they and like you know that the rebuild will have to begin sooner than later, and because Steph will be stepping away, Draymond, Clay. All three of those guys will be probably going, and Chris Paul probably sooner. All three, at least those that core three, those original three, will probably go out all at the same time. So it's like a lot of money is going to come off the books all at the same time, anyways. So if you have to stick it out for an extra year, then you would, you know, that for a year longer than than you would rather, then um, you know, it's okay because one guy isn't going to get you know left behind hanging, you know. Uh, in in uh, in a rebuild, they're all pretty much going to go out at the same time. We agree to disagree because <laughs> okay. I would much rather give less money to the younger guy, sure, for the same amount of years. No, I get it. No, absolutely. I mean, economically, it definitely makes more sense, especially knowing that that contract, you know, reduces uh, each year. No, of course. <laughs> Because to me, that's what Dylan Brooks is. He's a poor man's version of uh, Draymond Green. <laughs> right, Plays right. defense. He's not the greatest shooter, even though he'll take the shot, and he talks shit. Mm-hmm. The only difference is 
Dylan Brooks never had the greatest shooter of all time on his side. The two greatest shooters. Yeah. Of all time. yeah. Um, and look, if Dylan Brooks starts backing it up and, and, you know, uh, if he turns into, you know, I think the biggest issue that Dylan Brooks had while he was on Memphis was besides uh, John Moran, who else on that team was taking the shots? Mm-hmm. He is not going to have that issue on this Rockets team. Like right. he's not going to be out here jacking up 15, 16 shots a game. <laughs> now, when you got like guys like Green Smith, uh, even Porter Jr., like he's just not. And then the two rookies we mentioned earlier, he's just not got an opportunity to shoot like he did while he was in Memphis. So if he's just going to be the three and D guy, then I love this contract. Mm-hmm. And, and look, I'm pretty sure that's one. That's something that they talked about when LeBron was like, "Look, we got all these all these athletes already here. We got all these shooters over here. You you can't come in here and think you're going to be the man." Right. Right. We're giving you this contract because we like we need some old heads. Well, he's only 27, but we need guys yeah. in here to teach our young guys. Yeah, and look, it makes a lot of sense economically and it makes a lot of sense in terms of uh, having all those young guys, you know, a guy who's a little bit older, but not too much older, um, who can be that poor man's Draymond. Um, Like... Three years from now, Draymond might be the poor man's Draymond. If you ask me if I... Would I rather have signed Dylan Brooks or Draymond Green for this team as constructed with all these young guys? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would definitely say take Brooks because he is younger. He can kind of keep up with those young guys, of course. Um, But if you're talking about signing Draymond to a veteran team uh, that's, you know, a a couple of pieces short of of winning a title, yeah, yeah, I think you go with Draymond. I think you pay up, cough up a little extra. And especially if you're Golden State to keep that core three intact. Um, See, I, I'm not even sure Golden State is a couple of pieces away from getting the title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean their their thing is they need Clay to be Clay again, and that's I, I don't think that after those two leg injuries, I think that's yeah. over. Because it's, it's the sneaky thing, about, yeah, sneaky thing about Clay when he was healthy, he was a disruptor on defense, and he's mm-hmm. he that's gone ever since he had those leg injuries. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, his confidence has definitely taken a hit since since he got over those injuries. Um, and I know I wouldn't want Draymond on the Rockets because there's just too many young guys. But the night of the draft, I was talking to our buddy Robert, and I was like, you know, it it it, it sounds crazy, but if anybody if anybody should have gone out and made an, an effort to sign uh, Draymond, regardless of you know age of the roster constructed. It may sound crazy. It still, I mean, it sounded crazy then, probably, and it probably still sounds crazy now. But if I'm San Antonio, I would have gone after Draymond because if you look at it this way, the the thing they were talking about Victor was that who went number one overall to the, to the Spurs. Mm-hmm. He went number one. He went number one overall on the night of the lottery <laughs> to San Antonio. Victor Wimbiana is this 19-year-old, seven foot three, you know, uh once-in-a-lifetime type player that, you know, there's a lot of expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not a lot of body mass either. And so 
like I'm thinking, you know, and that's kind of what they were talking about on the broadcast is that he's like he's eventually he's going to have to put on masks because he's going to get banged up a lot against these, you know, against these guys. And and that's very true. And I feel like the number one guy that's going to that's going to, you know, give him the punk test early on, I think is going to be Draymond Green because he is a rough and tough guy. And so I'm thinking, hell, why, why not go get that guy to back your guy up, you know, just for a couple of years? Man, if they were in practice and Draymond Green tried to punch uh, Wimben Yama like he did Jordan Poole, he'd be face down in the river walk. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. No, but I don't think it would get to that point, uh, you'd hope. But um, but if you're San Antonio, you should have gone after Draymond and just – you know, get bring him as bring him in as an enforcer at this point at this stage of his career. Uh, but that was you know that was kind of a wishful think a wishful thought at that point. But um, but I have no problem with with him going back to Golden State. So and no problem that he didn't you know he was nowhere near coming to Houston. So. Thank God, thank the good Lord. Yeah. So I'm looking at last year's standings. The Rockets ended the year twenty-two and sixty. Yep. The Oklahoma City Thunder—they were the tenth seed. They were in the play-in games. They went forty and forty-two. So it's an eighteen-game difference between where the Rockets ended up and the tenth seed last year. Do you think the Rockets are? Do they have a chance of making the play-in? Oh man, no, I don't think Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks make make a twenty game difference in wins. Not right away. I don't. I think um, I think they could make a ten to twelve game difference, but I don't see them making, you know, helping the team complete almost doubling their win total from this past season. I don't know. Um, the only way is if Green takes that next step, if uh, Jabari takes that next step, and Shangun, if he if they all step it up a notch or two, maybe, yeah, maybe, the, the, maybe you could see that. But I feel like that's asking a lot, and a lot is going to be needed to to get to that point. Yeah, no, that's the point. Like. You you know to make a to almost double your win total from the year before mm-hmm. in the NBA, um, you need a lot to happen, definitely. And I, I just don't see that happening for this team right away. Yeah, it's a bunch of teams they have to jump. Like, well, last year the Thunder they were in Tennessee. Eleven was Dallas, and honestly, da- Dallas if they hadn't a tank at the end of the year they could have mm-hmm. made they probably could have made into the play in game let's see the utah jazz i feel like they're still better than the uh, rockets are and the portland trailblazers we'll see what happens when they finally trade damian lillard but i don't know and then right right with the uh rockets last year at 22 and 60 were the spurs and mm-hmm. i think they're going to be better as well yeah like I'm looking at this right now, I'm like, okay, I think the worst team in the West this year is going to be the Blazers after they trade away 
Damian Lillard, but I don't see the Rockets being like crazy high. Right, right. Like all these teams that have made the playoffs last year, I don't I think they'll all do it again. Let's see. It was um so let's go through a, who do you think making the playoffs? Denver? Oh yeah. For sure. Uh oh, sorry, interruption. Astros win five to three. Sweet. Ooh. Yes. Gotta make it in, yeah. gotta make it interesting. Huh? Oh yeah. Abreu came in, uh <laughs> gave up um the two run home run in the bottom of the eighth. <laughs> which made it four to three, and then the top of the ninth, Altuve hit a home run to make it five to three. Oof, my God! All right, back to this. So we both agree. Nuggets back in. Grizzlies. Man, no, I don't think they make the playoffs. Wow, I don't think they're the two seed, but I think they still make the playoffs. Uh, Sacramento Kings. Yes, agree. The Phoenix Suns. Yes. Yeah, Phoenix, they're going to have an issue with their bench, but I think they're, mm-hmm. they're still going to make it. I don't I don't think they're going to be four like they were last year. I think they're no. lower because I feel like they, they're going to have some injury issues trying to play all those guys enough games. Um, the Clippers? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Warriors? Yeah. Yeah, they should make it. All right, Lakers. Man, I don't know. I think they'll still make it, but the question with the Warriors, same thing I got with the Suns. You got some, you got some old guys. Thank you. Um, I'm not sure if they can stay healthy. Like. LeBron. Yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point, thirty-nine AD has never been a guy you can rely on to play. You know, eighty-two games at a high level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you're looking, because how many, how many play, how many teams are considered playing teams? It'll be the eighth, ninth, no, seventh, eighth, ninth, and ten seeds so far. So four teams. Mm-hmm. So I look at LA. I look at Memphis. I look at Phoenix, and I see um, probably between the Clippers and and um, who are they? Uh, the Clippers and the Thunder mm-hmm. as the the four and five teams that are vying for those those playing uh, spots. I'm higher on the Thunder. I think the Thunder get like the fifth or sixth seed. And see, they have a chance because I think with um, look, I think Memphis is not going to be the number two. You're right. Memphis is not going to be the number two seed this year, and I think they're going to be if they don't miss the playoffs outright. They're mm-hmm. they're going to be a low um, play-in team. You know, one of the one of the last play-in teams that are they're vying for a spot. Don't forget the Thunder. They made the play-in game, and they didn't have Chet Holmgren at all this year. Right. So I could definitely see them jumping over any of those those older teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could definitely see them jumping over, like, the Lakers or Timberwolves, Pelicans. Like, I have no idea what's going on with the Pelicans. This whole <laughs> Zion saga that's going on right now is – 
distra- completely distracted. But yeah. And also, so Jai was suspended for 25 games. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. How do you know he's not going to get suspended for more? Like, it's a long time from now until, um, okay, let's say the season starts October 30th. You know, we're, we're July 2nd right now. Mm-hmm. Still a lot of time for him to screw up again <laughs> because, um, look, it's he's still – he hasn't shown that he's not going to screw up. Yeah. So there's always a possibility that something goes down again and he gets more time added again, you know? Yeah. Plus uh, there's no telling what he's going to look like when he comes back from suspension. Right. Of course that too. So we're getting back to the main point. Neither one of us see the Rockets as a play in or playoff team next year. No, no. Because while I think the Rockets have gotten better, mm-hmm. the rest of the league, the rest of the conference has gotten better too. Yeah. There's no team that's gotten worse. Correct. I'm trying to think. So, yeah, I'm trying to think of a number I put the over under at on the Rockets. I'd probably say like 30, they won 22, so maybe 33 and a half. You go over or under that number. I would still say under, but a slight under. So if they won 22 games, I can see them making a 10 point swing or 10 game swing. Uh, Still only 32. That's still 32 wins. That's still worse than what the uh, Blazers did this year. Right. So, oh, I forgot to ask you grade the uh, Dylan Brooks contract. Um, man, I think you got to give it a C plus, knowing that it's for me just because of the way I feel about the guy personally as yeah. a person. Um, but the fact that they were able to negotiate a declining average, you know, value, I think that that helps it become a C plus contract. I agree. I agree with you. I would say C, C plus. I think it has potential to reach B, but that is determined on how he plays. And I can, I really see him just coming in being in the three and D guy who understands his role. And if mm-hmm. he does that, then it's a pretty, it's a, it's can be a B contract. Sure. But right now, I'm with you. C, C plus range. All right. So that's enough round ball talk. <laughs> As you see, I don't know. You can see in the. I got the grimace sh- shake from McDonald's. I'm about to see. About Hold to- up. So, so before you take that sip, okay, mm-hmm. here it is, folks. This is uh, DQ trying out the grimace shake. This is our intermission before we get into our final topic of the episode. It's gonna have me off that that Molly. I'm be geeked up. Let's see. See how it goes. He is sipping it. He is tasting it. His mind is processing it. It's fine. There it is. I'm, you're going to be talking about wrestling. I'm just going to be over here staring at the wall, speaking in tongues. <laughs> right, right. Solid shake. Uh, not my favorite from McDonald's, but solid. Let me try one. How was that Dr. Pepper ice cream bluebell that we 
you told me you got recently. Oh, I liked it. It was good. Okay. I should cool. get another plan. I just got the new uh Java chip one. It's like coffee ice cream with chocolate chunks and chocolate swirls in it. It's in the freezer right now. I'm gonna try it tonight after dinner. Who makes that one? Abula. Abula. Ooh, mm-hmm. man, that sounds good. Yeah. Let's try it tonight. All right. Time for our main event. We're talking a little wrestling. Yes. Been a while. Yeah, been a while. Yesterday was WWE Premium Live Event Money in the Bank. Uh, a show that I missed the beginning because I forgot what time it started. You did? Yeah, when you texted me, wow. I was like, oh, Lord. I looked up on Google and saw that Damian Priest had won the briefcase. I was like, hmm, I thought this started an hour later. Oh, no. <laughs> so I missed uh, the the men's money to make match and uh, the uh, women's tag team championship match. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, honestly, if I can just talk about the women's tag match for a minute, mm-hmm. go ahead. Look, they got the belts off Rhonda and Shayna. Shayna turns on Rhonda randomly for some reason, which I'm sure they'll they'll get to. Um, but I think it's for the best at this point. Like, if, if they're serious about continuing with the women's tag team division, tag team titles, and all that kind of stuff, um. Uh, fine, it's the right move because, you know, suddenly there's not an impossible team to beat. So you could possibly see, you know, titles change hands every now and, every now and again. Um, and, and you know, look, the Ronda Rousey experience, the experiment. I think for me, it's run its course. Mm-hmm. Um, she can't talk on the mic at all. Like it's it's bad. It's it's really bad. To like hear her on the mic, um, which is sad because it's like, you know, she really is a, a dangerous person in real life, and uh, to not be able to back it up with any kind of verbal skills is uh, <laughs> to to promote it is it just, you know, it's a sad thing to see. Um, she should be like, how much look. longer she stays with with the company doing all this. I don't know. She doesn't need to. By she, any means. she honestly don't need to talk. I mean, her thing should be like the company pays me to fight. They don't pay me to talk, so I just whoop. But they still ass. put a microphone in her hand, and they shouldn't. Yeah, they shouldn't. So I think it just it hurts her credibility more and more. I feel like, um, or her, her uh, not her credibility, but her. Um, uh, it, it, I think it hurts believability. No, the interest in in that character. Yeah. Um, Shayna, I don't know. She's, uh, I I don't see her competing for a title, a singles title anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the rivalry, like if they do a match against each other at SummerSlam, that's a SummerSlam type match. You know, that's, and that's fine. Um, But for Raquel and Liv, it's a good thing that they have the titles. It gives them, it, it brings closure to that story with that other tag team and they can now kind of, you know, restart the, the division again and, mm-hmm. and get into new feuds and defend the titles and, you know, um, you know, keep that division alive at least. 
before everybody has to go off into the single back to singles division. Uh, the men's money in the bank match. Also, was, real quick, I feel like Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez need those titles a hell of a lot more than Ronda and Shayna do. Absolutely, that's a great point, without a doubt. Um, you know, Ronda is for as bad a talker as she is, and she's not a great wrestler. She still hasn't picked up all of the things that you need to. And it's weird, right? It feels like she's downgraded. Mm-hmm. Like she's not as good as she was two, three years ago. And I'm not sure if, if that's because she's actually gotten worse or it's because she never was that good. It was just she was good in spurts. Like if, you, if you're if you only doing three matches, a year, three or four matches a year, you're going to look better than if you get 20 matches and people can point, uh, can pick out your flaws, you know? And if you think about it, her very first match in WWE was against someone who's not a full is not a wrestler, mm-hmm. right? Like she faced Stephanie McMahon, you know, in that tag match. So, and it's also something like that. It's like WrestleMania. You can you can plan that out and work it out with Steph at the at you know one of the practice facilities in Florida mm-hmm. for a couple of months. It's completely different between now when you're doing a match every week or two. You right. don't have that time to prepare. She's on the road a lot more, you know, more so than doing was- house shows. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, you know what? I gotta commend her for that because it'd be so easy for her to be like, "I'm Ronda fucking Rousey. I don't need to go exactly. on the road. I can do the Brock Lesnar thing." But she's out there doing it because she wants to. So you know, I gotta give her a, a you know a hand clap for that one right yeah, there. Right. Uh, unfortunately, she's not improving as a performer. Mm-hmm. Um. But when that first match against Stephanie in that tag match, it's like you've got someone that's a technically a worse wrestler than you are. So she can kind of hide those flaws that, you know, you would expect to see from from a person who's in their very first match. Because everybody, by all accounts, said she looked great in that first match. I thought she was I think I thought it was a great match. I think she put on a great performance, but um you know, it, it kind of showed that, you know. It kind of exposes um, her lack of training and her need for more training when she does go up against uh, Becky Lynch and she is in a match against Charlotte Flair and, you know, full-time wrestlers who have been doing it for years. Um, Yeah, so I think that's where... Uh, that's that's kind of where she's at right now. It's like, I don't know if she's going to get any better. I like whenever we say, let's talk about this real quick, and it's a 10-minute discussion. <laughs> yeah. okay. uh, all right, move on to the men's. Um, I didn't watch it. I still haven't seen it. I'll probably watch it as soon as it's over. Um, it was great. I saw uh-huh. that uh, Logan Paul took one hell of a Spanish fly from, um, what's his name, Ricochet. It would have been it would have been the best Spanish fly you've ever seen had it had they gotten it 100% right. Yeah, because it kind of looked like Paul landed on his head shoulder area. He got lucky. He was right. a, he he had the instinct to turn his body, you know, where where it he needed to to avoid breaking his neck, man. Yeah. Um, but but the spot was 
They're all, him and Ricochet are on the ladder. They get pushed over by LA Knight. And the spot you can tell was supposed to be them both bouncing off the top rope into the Spanish fly. Mm-hmm. But something happened where I guess, I don't know if Logan, you know, I don't know if Logan had his full balance on it, or maybe he maybe because he's a lot taller than than Ricochet that he um wasn't set up to be to hit the top rope. Maybe mm-hmm. his his he may have needed to be one rung higher than Ricochet, which would have put him way like towering over Ricochet. Yeah. And maybe he wasn't able to hit that top rope. Um because because in my mind I'm picturing what should have happened and it would have been amazing. Um but what actually happened was something that was probably uh you know the best case scenario of a botch because nobody got hurt like nobody broke their neck on that spot um, it was it was a pretty rough landing for both and only one of the ta- two tables broke which is another sign that you know which is not good for the performer because they you know they they need those tables to break yeah. and breaks that you know yeah to break their fall that impact um for me one more thing about Logan Paul and Ricochet, they mm-hmm. just need to fight each other at SummerSlam. I think that's a uh, a match that is big enough now for Logan Paul because that would be a spot match, a spot fest match that um, Ricochet can afford to lose. And in my opinion, I think Logan Paul needs a victory, you know, after what, two, three straight losses and um, not winning the uh the briefcase see because i think logan paul's last victory was over the miz at at SummerSlam. yeah SummerSlam last year wasn't it yeah but since he's lost to roman he's lost to seth Mm -hmm. um and and that was my thing is like who do you who do they book him against to possibly win with with one it being it being believable and two the person that loses you know how can they uh can they afford to take that loss? And at this point, I think Ricochet can definitely afford the. He can take the loss because mm-hmm. he's taken multiple. You know, he's taken some big losses himself, yeah. um, but he's still a fan favorite. He is uh, still someone that puts on great matches and uh, a guy that you can always rev right back up to. to you know. Um, to, to the guy that you can rev back up with a run that fans can get behind. Yeah. Fans are always going to be behind Ricochet. It's also one thing like Logan Paul can win by jumping and putting Ricochet through the announce table. You know, do some high spots on you know, some yeah. flippy, hard hitting shit, and it's completely believable. It's like, and, oh, Logan Paul did a four fifty flash off the top rope and took a Ricochet. I was like, yeah, that's completely believable. And it's the second show that they've had they that they've been that they've worked together and have put on like this crazy spot yeah. that you know good or bad people are talking about and they're still talking about. And so if you're looking for a guy for Logan Paul to face, I think Ricochet's I think Ricochet is the best person you could put him put him up against because they'll both look strong in a spot fest. 
you know, doing 450 splashes off each other, you know, the entire match, you know, bouncing all around the ring. And um, someone that's strong enough for Logan Paul to, to beat. So question, because I've seen this going around social media, you know, the 15 minutes that Twitter was working today. Uh, do you think the right man won the match? Oh, man. Um, for a bigger picture storyline, yes. Mm -hmm. Because I, as soon as Damian Priest won the briefcase, my mind thought maybe Seth Rollins has a bigger role in – Captain America four than we were led to believe. Maybe he's gonna go away for a while. Well, apparently, was, yeah. apparently, filming is wrapped on the. Oh, okay. So yeah, I, I didn't know that at the time. So, so in my mind, it was already like, okay, well then, this is this is the opportunity to take the title off Seth, um, give Finn a run with it, and you've already got a built-in story with the tense, the tension that's already been building between him and Damian for the past few weeks. Mm -hmm. This is your Sean and Diesel all over again with, you know, Finn holding the title, being the man, and not knowing whether or not his, you know, his uh, teammate who has the opportunity to cash in a, for the title anytime, any place, anywhere that he wants, looking over his back, like, is, is, is he going to, is he going to turn on me? Am I going to have to turn on him? Am I going to have to strike him first? You know? And I think that's a story that you could you could run with for a very long time, or at least you know, for a few months with him with the briefcase. Out of the twelve months that he's got to to cash it in, and even though Finn didn't win the match, and I'm kind of getting ahead on that, but you can still kind of tease it. You can still with, with Damian carrying the briefcase with, you know, an almost you know assured victory for some title at this point, I think you can still continue with that tension and that kind of infighting with him, between him and, and Finn. Um, and so for a mid to long-term story telling aspect, I think the right guy won, mm -hmm. but for the pop, for the moment, for in the moment, the wrong guy clearly lost, clearly won. And uh, you know, LA Knight should have won for that pop, for that moment, um, for that, you know, that reaction from the crowd. Yeah. But this is why WWE shouldn't be listening to the crowd. Y'all say y'all want long-term storylines, and then right. WWE gives them to you. And you're like, oh, no, this guy should have won. He's hot. Oh, so now you just want the pop. It's like, no, no, you need to know when to do one or the other. No, you guys are fickle as fuck. You don't know what you want until you want it. You say you want to learn long term. That's what we're doing right now with the Judgment Day. And honestly, Damian Priest deserved this after everything he's done this year. Yep. And going back to the uh, match he had with Bad Bunny at Backlash, like they're so they're extremely high on this guy. Ever since he tagged with him, yeah, they've been cool. they've been high on this guy for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. They're not just going to give up on him because you guys have gotten hot in LA night for a couple of months. So right. they're doing they're doing the long term shit you guys want until you don't want. Right, right. It's fickle. But, and as and as great a moment as it would have been, the reaction from the crowd, um, the feel good moment of of LA Knight winning 
the the briefcase, the megastar, all that stuff that you 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 know that we talk about this guy. Um, you know, uh, not having the brief and he, the good thing about LA Knight is that not having the briefcase doesn't hurt his momentum, doesn't hurt his popularity. And also, I want to say, we saw this last year with Liv Morgan. Remember, people were so behind Liv Morgan. They loved her so much. Then she won the money in the bank. Then she cast in, become, became champion. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, after that, like these people turned on her. And I know people are going to be like, well, she didn't have the greatest matches when she was champion. That's why people got bored. I'm like, that shouldn't fucking matter. That's that's your girl, right? That's the one you ride with. It shouldn't matter what the matches are. You should love them no matter what. But it's like, as soon as she reached the mountaintop, then people just started to cool off on her. Well, I think part of that was like the the buildup to her, you know, her her uh, her journey to the top was was literally filled, you know, with blood, sweat, and tears. And you know, yeah, when I she got to you. the top, the tears still kept flowing, and it's like, why are you crying after every match? reason to cry like you've you've done it all you've you've gotten to the point you know a month later you shouldn't be crying like hey like, if, if that's y'all girl y'all will sit here and tell w this is the one y'all supposed to push and we push her to the moon and she makes it to the top y'all should still be behind her no matter what happens next correct like that's what you wanted we gave you what you want so you should still be behind her because i remember when daniel bryan won his first his made it big at the WrestleMania 30 30 them title matches he's had after that couldn't couldn't tell you anything about it but the people were still behind him because they loved him where was all this love support for Liv morgan after she won even though the title matches afterwards were crap that's your girl it shouldn't matter right you should support your person no matter what, unless it was just a flash in the pan, unless you guys were just tired of seeing Charlotte and Rhonda. And so you latched on to Liv Morgan, but as soon as Liv Morgan made to the top, you didn't care anymore. You were ready to latch on to someone else. Clearly, that's what it was. That's definitely what happened. So is it the same thing with LA Knight? Like as soon as LA Knight wins the briefcase, he wins the t- he catches in and wins the title. You guys going to cool off on him too? Like if I'm WWE, I'm like... D- I'm not right. going to run the risk of this again, Come, especially when I got a guy over here that I've been building up for 18 months. Right, right. I mean, there's a reason why you put the, you know, you put the rocket on the backs of, of this person and not that person, you know? Like, like Daniel Bryan said, these people are fickle. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, but I, I feel like with LA Knight, his... I think his star is going to shine a little bit. It's still going to keep shining. I think, um, you know, yeah. Like I said, I don't think he's going to be hurt by not having the briefcase. Yeah, like fans still going to be behind him. If he's still y'all do, y'all still going to rock with. Him. Yeah, yeah, and, and 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 if this makes y'all not rock with him, then y'all are never with them. Y'all just want something different. Exactly. No, and so. The hope is that the fans will continue to be behind him and prove that this wasn't just a flash in the pan. Mm-hmm. And then they'll have no choice but to to do something with him. Uh, but, you know, long term, what were you going to do with him? What was he going to do with the briefcase? I, I don't, you know, I don't see him. 
it, it would be just an accessory to him at this point. It wouldn't, uh, you know, because let's go ahead. I'll, let's be honest. Roman isn't losing the title in the cash in. When he no. loses the title, it's going to be a big match spectacle. Mm-hmm. Like we, like we all know that. So let's stop playing. Unless you wanted L.A. Knight to cash in on Seth Rollins, or Theory, or Theory, or Gunther, or whoever, you know that it wouldn't. That title was basically him waiting for um, Roman to drop it. Because Roman yeah. is not losing it on the cash in. I'll say it here. I'll say it a thousand times. It's going to be a big match at one of the big four pay per views where he loses it. Yeah. No. Um. Like I said, with with, with La Knight, the briefcase, and because of that, the briefcase would just be an accessory, mm-hmm. right? It would just be you know something that he brings out with him and talks about and then that's it well with damian priest like it can be a focal point of of a bigger story you know of or it can not it, it not no, that's not that's not what i mean it can be it can be the accessory to enhance the focal point of a storyline which is the tension between him and uh and finn about, yeah we'll see that going forward all right let's move on to a couple more matches we get rid of these real quick Gunther mm-hmm. beating Matt Riddle by submission. Uh, great match. Gunther, like I've always heard of someone getting the bottoms of their feet beat, but I've never seen it actually happen. <laughs> it was kind of disturbing. <laughs> Once again, Gunther doesn't miss. Bottoms throughout the match. Great match. <laughs> uh, but the biggest thing about that match is um, Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre return. Which is good. I, I think... WWE is the place for him. I don't see him, you know, the, the, the hope is that if with his return, that means, or you're hoping that, that it means he uh, has resolved his contract issue, mm-hmm. WWE, and that, you know, he can, he's going to stick around for a little bit um, because he's like the, the place is built for him. Like he, he's not, um, he's not an indie darling. He's not, uh, um, he's he's, and he's not someone that's going to that you're gonna that's gonna take take over for a, a fledgling company, right? Like that didn't happen with it when his first run in Impact. Like it didn't move, move the needle significantly enough to make Impact a, a major player or anything like that. And he's not going to go to AEW and be this you know, next big thing, because if you're basically most of the WWE guys, ex WWE guys are just floundering over there. And here in WWE, he can still be near the top for a while and uh, not look out of place. That's all beautiful to say. All I know is we're getting violence at SummerSlam. McIntyre, Gunther, just beat the hell out of each other. Mm-hmm. All right, that's good. Um, Cody Rose defeat uh, Don McSurio. Uh, decent match. Um, yeah. Play. The only thing is, um, I wish I had like fancy booked it in my head to where 
Dominic wins because Brock Lesnar comes out and right. <laughs> yeah. and that was set up their summer their summer um SummerSlam match because I think that's mm. where we're going Rose versus Brock three. Yeah. But other than that, it was a fine match. I got I got nothing to say about that. Um but, it was the ultimate baby face in the company taking on the ultimate hill in the company. So it was right. Good. Dominic Mysterio by far is not the biggest because I feel like you could put that on somebody else, but he's certainly the best heel going in the company. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I mean, there is nobody that is more hateable than than Dominic Mysterio. Dude can't even put the mouth the mic to his mouth without getting booed out of the stadium. So yeah. And it only, you know, it it really helps it really uh Hides his his lack of experience in the ring. Mm -hmm. That he's gaining, you know, he's learning on the fly at this point. Yeah, you know, and and that's uh, he's definitely making the most of of the opportunity. Agreed. Um, next match, Eel Sky wins the women's money in the in the bank ladder match. Great match. Great match. Uh. That Zelina Vega suns, uh, sunset flip power bomb on Zoe Snark Sark onto the ladder is going to be in my head rent free for the next three to four months. Yeah, incredible spot. Um, did you see Trish Stratus's face? Did she break her nose? Uh, something happened to her nose. She got busted pretty good. And props to her, man. I mean. You know, she's she's showing that she's not afraid to, you know, dig her her heels in and grind with with, you know, this current crop of of, uh, women superstars. I feel like her the same with uh, Rhonda. It's like y'all are really rich and famous. You don't need to be doing this. But like it's love the it's love the game, baby. Uh huh. Absolutely. But that (laughs) I was. I was going to say that was my favorite ladder match of the night, but I didn't see the other one, so of course it's my favorite one. <laughs> right, right. But it was great. I, like Watching all these very extremely talented women get out here and mess around with these ladders, it's, it's, it's crazy when you think about where women's wrestling was mm-hmm. 10, 15, 20 years ago, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, look, here comes the bra and panties match for your restroom break. And now it's like, <laughs> no, these women are going out there and they're putting on harder than the men are. Mm-hmm. And the right person won. The right woman won, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I really like when she was cl- when Eo was climbing up the ladder the first time and the camera was zoomed in on her. And then you see the ca- the ladder fall over, and then the camera pans out. You see his Bailey that did it. It's one of the things like that's excellent camera work. Mm-hmm. Like I know we freak about the camera when they do all the the zooms and the the crazy angles because Kevin Dunn likes to <laughs> likes to give us vertigo. But when they do excellent work like that, you know we gotta appreciate it. Absolutely. And then the end, Sky handcuffing Becky Lynch and Bailey and then climbing over Bailey to go up and reach the the um the briefcase chef kiss excellent moment without a doubt yeah she she's a worthy holder of the briefcase because mm-hmm. 
I remember watching her in NXT when she was the NXT Women's Championship, and she she put on banger matches, pay per view after pay per view. Like, yeah, wherever she cashes in on is going to be in trouble, and by that I mean they are losing that championship. <laughs> and it continues. Um, uh, it continues the uh, the story. You know the tension between her and Bailey. Mm-hmm. And the you know inevitable implosion of damage control. No matter what Bailey says, he can be like, "Look, you betrayed me first, bitch. I was just returning the favor." And the Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus. I like when they were in the match inside the ring and they were fighting other people. It was like they had this like five seconds of harmony, and they was like, "Oh fuck you, we're going back at it." <laughs> It was it was great. I, when I re watched this match, the uh, paper, I'm sorry, the premium live event. I'm not, I'm gonna pay close attention to that one. But yeah, like you said, the right woman won. Uh, still advances the Lynch Stratus storyline. We're gonna see what happened with Damage Control. As Lena Vega, you know, the tiny MVP of the match. Yeah. Especially at the beginning when she got pinned under that big ladder. <laughs> it's like, I can't get out. It's like, is this, is this for real? Is this work? Is she shooting? I don't know. <laughs> she may literally be too tiny to lift that ladder up. Right. Off her. right. Yeah. Excellent work from all six women involved. Uh, uh, do you think, um, what's the stipulation for Becky and Trish at SummerSlam? Because it's going to happen. I feel like. I've got a stipulation in mind. False count anywhere? Okay. What you I got them inside Hell in a Cell. Ooh. This this rivalry has gotten that big where it, you know, a structure like that would be would be good for the, you know, for the or what that rivalry is now, you know, how heated it is. That worked perfect because WWE always uses the cell whenever they want to be like, and no one else can get in the cell. It's just going to yeah. be them two. And someone else always figures out a way into the cell. Every time. So, I agree with you. Hell in the cell or just a regular cell match. Either way, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, I can see that for sure. Um, especially if it's like, like says, hell in the cell and uh, Zoe gets involved, but then Lita comes back yep yeah with you 100 percent. next match seth and rollins defends his world heavyweight championship comes away with the victory over finn balor with some help from damian priest right. continuing that judgment day blow up storyline mm-hmm. um i gotta say that was an entertaining match i enjoyed it um but you can see they're planting the seeds for Seth to lose that title by being the fighting champion. He's always fighting. And now it's like, oh, well, his ribs are messed up. And now it's a target for Finn Baylor. And it's going to be one of those things where it's, it's just going to keep getting worse and worse until eventually someone's going to beat him. Yeah. Yeah. And by all accounts, it's going to be Priest. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a question because we've been talking about making matches for SummerSlam. Who would you like to see a Rollins face at SummerSlam? Um, 
because we're we're fantasy booking right now. So we've already taken Logan Paul out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already taken Gunther and Drew McIntyre out of the equation. Right. And I don't know. Maybe you want to rerun Finn, or you want to say, "Oh well." Um, Damian Priest just challenges him with you know cashes in and makes a match at a, a match in the future at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. But I, f- I feel like you know if Damian's going to use it, he's going to use it to cash in on Seth after a match. So I think that's out. So who would you on the Raw brand would you like to see take on Seth at SummerSlam? Man, that that is a tough one. Um. So, oh, we're also taking out Cody Rhodes and and Brock Lesnar because we we're booking them to face each other at SummerSlam. Right. Do you have the raw roster up right now? I'm pulling it up as we speak. So I was looking at it like a couple of minutes ago, and I'm like, there, there's not much there there. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I was. Trying to like just go about it in my head, but I was having some trouble. Man, I think what they could do potentially, um, I don't know if I'd be the biggest fan of it, but I could see, um, I could see them somehow getting this to a triple threat match mm-hmm. with Finn and Priest involved. So when I was going I'm going through this list and there's one guy whose name sticks out immediately. Shinsuke? You got it. Yeah. I mean if you're you know if you're going if you're moving away from uh if you're moving away from if you're moving Rollins away from feuding with the, the Judgment Day. Yeah, I think Shinsuke is the, the only guy left that you could put him in that match. Um, but if you're going to continue Finn and Seth in some capacity, I could see them doing a uh, priest, you know, inserting himself into the match and doing a pre or a declaration of cashing in, you know. Beforehand, so that's the only person I can see on the raw roster that like you can just slide in right now. I'm going through and I'm looking at the free agents they have. I'm I'm like, man, I really wish Randy Orton was healthy. Yep, because the free agents they have are free agents for a reason. And Ray Wyatt, a we don't know what's going on with his health, and B. I don't need him around a title situation with Seth again. We all yeah. saw how that went the first time. Any way that they involve the NXT guys again? I was looking right now as you as you speaking. Maybe uh, Braun Breaker finds a way to get a, a rematch, or um, Carmelo challenges Seth, champion versus champion. That would be very interesting, and I would be right there to see it. Also, in NXT, uh, Ilya Dragunov. 
you talk about a guy who preaches violence. Yeah. I don't know if you ever got to see his match against uh Gunther down NXT. Woo boy. Yeah, I saw one Ooh, of them. boy. When they, they were, were fighting for when they were fighting for the title, they were just beating the holy shit out of each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think the one I'm I'm gonna lean put my hat on is Shinsuke Nakamura. It's an easy story to tell. Mm-hmm. And also that Shinsuke would look great with that title on him for five sure. seconds before Damian Priest came down <laughs> the, with the briefcase. Right. All right. So let's get to our down to the main event, the cinema, the theater. Mm-hmm. The Usos defeating Roman Reigns and, and Sola Sokoa in the Bloodline Civil War tag team match. Oh my god, that was 32 minutes of excellence. I think my favorite part of the match is when Roman goes for the double stack pin on both Usos and they <laughs> kick out and Ro- Roman just has this look of disbelief and he, he looks like he's beside himself <laughs> and Solo's like, you better get the fuck up. This ain't over. Right? What you crying for? <laughs> we, we still in this. Uh, that was such a great match. Like the crowd chants were amazing. Roman's reaction to him, like oh, God. What else can you say about these four individuals? Oh man, um, all I can say is I hope that the story isn't finished. Oh, it is definitely not because I'm already booking Jay Uso versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Jay and is the first man to pin Roman in three years. Right. So he wants to get that pin back. Yeah. Yep. Jay's makes- like, you can get the match at SummerSlam, but only if you put the title up. Yep. I think that's a an excellent idea. And a match that everyone will get behind. Mm-hmm. Could you actually see Jay doing it? Winning the title? Yeah. No, because I think they want they want Roman to hang on to that title as long as he can, as long as uh, his schedule will allow, which, you know, I mean, at this point, it's like for all the talks of him, you know, of Hollywood calling, I mean, we've we've seen Seth Rollins more busy than, than he has, and, you know, at least in the past year. So exactly. Um, maybe those plans change. I don't know. And so if you can get him to hang on to the title for a little bit longer, then I think you, you take it because one it's, you know, it's good for him. It's good for the company. It's, you know, it's good for the record books because they want to, you know, they want the record books to be a little more modern. Now, I'm not saying he's going to necessarily break Bruno San Martino's all-time record. I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but if they can get him maybe in the top three, I think they would be happy. I think all parties would be happy with that. Yeah. 
this is a part where I'd be like, oh, who do you think is taking the tie off him? But I'm like, let's let's not go there any. This is because I swear to God that Cody Rhodes was winning at WrestleMania. And we saw how that turned out. Yeah. The only question I have right now is when is Solo going to turn on Roman? He's going to be like, you're weak. I'm tired of you. Be mm. a man. Be a man, Roman. And then hits him with the spike right in the throat. Right. But and, I could see that happening before Survivor Series. Uh, yeah, you've got a further, you know, the final battle of the bloodline where it's Solo and the Uso, and you know, reuniting with the Usos, um, and you know, uh, recruiting one more person to join them against uh, Roman and a group that he, you know, a, a new team he assembles. I can also see Paul Heyman joining with Solo and betraying Roman, leaving him all by himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just so interested in the bloodline story. I'm like, I don't, I can't even book it besides, you know, SummerSlam. It's like, it's been a very entertaining three years. I just want to sit here and watch and see what they have planned. Yeah. Overall, what grade do you give um, Money in the Bank? I'll give it an A for sure. Same. Uh, when you really think about it, I don't think Triple H has had a bad run since he took over last SummerSlam. I can't think of a bad show since... I really can't. Yeah, I can't because... think of a bad show. Like, and even like the Monday and Friday night Raw and SmackDown, the amount of bad shows have greatly decreased. Like now, mm-hmm. the average is like, oh, that show was just okay. And so when the show is just okay, and tell me, oh my god, this is three hours of torture. Like everything right. has been, the quality of everything has been greatly improved. So like. You know, if your metric for good and bad is who you wanted to see win, they didn't win. Mm-hmm. Sure, like there have been a lot of bad shows, but in terms of the sense that they make, this uh, it, it makes sense for Damian Priest to win the Money in the Bank. It makes sense for Roman to retain at WrestleMania. You know, it makes sense for a lot of different things that have happened. Um, yeah, then you can't say they've had a bad show since since Hunter's taken over. Yeah, it's kind of like Marvel, like Marvel movies and TV shows. Like, is it bad because it's actually bad, or is it bad because they didn't think they didn't do what you think they should do? Because that's right. That's not the same. Exactly. Exactly. Like I thought it was bad that Co- like Cody didn't win at WrestleMania. I cannot say that it's been bad ever since both plot lines going from the bloodline going one way and Cody going the other way, both of them have worked. Mm-hmm. So even though I would disagree with the result of WrestleMania, like I can't say what has happened afterwards has been bad. It's been amazing on both sides. Exactly. And honestly, it's the Romans like that's the whole thing. Like you mentioned Daniel Bryan and when he won the title at WrestleMania 30, um, the fans were still behind him, but the company wasn't right. The company never was, I guess at this, that's 
what it tells you that the company was never behind Brian at all because the storylines they put him in after he won the title were terrible. His run with the title was terrible. The very next night he, he gets in a program with Kane yeah. and that's his next. I remember he, that was his next, you know, story. Um, but Roman's booking after mania has been better than it was before that. Like it just has gotten better and better. Cody after Mania, what we're we gonna do? We're gonna stick, stick you with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, a, a Brock Lesnar who apparently wants to work with you because he's doing everything for mm-hmm. with you. So, yeah, like I can't think of one pay per view since last year's SummerSlam that's been bad. Right. So I I can't wait to see what they do in Detroit for SummerSlam. Um, can't wait to see what happens Monday. Oh yeah, yeah. I took off Monday. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to work. Took off Monday, off Fourth of July, Tuesday. Just gonna nice. enjoy this little nice. I'm here. Nice weekend. I got. Heck yeah. yeah. All right. So, good rocket signing. A great premium live event. It was a good weekend. Um, anything else, man? Uh man, that's all I've got. God bless America, USA, AOK, and uh, living please, in America. Please don't put breadcrumbs in your macaroni and cheese this July Fourth, please. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, um, if you've gotten to the end of the podcast, you know, thank you so much. We'll be doing another tiers list soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so for all of you guys on our Facebook, you know, our Facebook friends, if you'd like to join in and jump in to tell us why so-and-so is great or whatever, please send us a message. We would love to have you on. Honestly, I would like to have like five, four, five, six, 12 people on here yelling at <laughs> each other about whatever we decide to tier next, next time. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Heck yeah. All right. Thank you all for listening, downloading, sharing. Um, I, I see the numbers and I appreciate all of you guys out there that are doing it. Our numbers have gone up so much in the last month, a month and a half. And like I said, I appreciate you guys. We wouldn't be here talking to each other if you guys didn't care. We would just be texting these <laughs> stupid conversations instead of getting to you So if you can, you know, leave a five star rating wherever you listen. Um, R.I.P. Stitcher. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll be back maybe next week, maybe in two weeks. We'll see how we feel. <laughs> but, <laughs> it sounds good. For Anthony, I'm De Quincy. Later.